Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the HB5 studios right here in beautiful, historic downtown Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. A little bit of a how you be dern, some wacky news. This is your America and we've got special guest Tori Allman on the show. But without further ado, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one. He is 2016's honorable mention Precious Lookalike Contest winner, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one, it's Mojo! How about you, buddy? What up, dog? I'd, I'd like to announce to all our listeners I'm actually 14 days sober and clean. Oh, uh, congratulations. From, from, from Chick-fil-A. Oh, the Chick-fil-A. You're not on it anymore, huh? Uh, it's so hard. Pardon the pun, but you're off the sauce, huh? I am off the sauce. Mm. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us once again. I'd like for you to go to our Southern Fried Philosophy page on Facebook. You can also check us out on the webs at southernfriedphilosophy.com. Also at uh, Twitter and Instagram at SFP Radio, and also go to our YouTube slash SFP Radio. That a boy. Uh, just a couple uh, business items. If you're a new listener, you can just tune out. Um, I hope not, but uh, just some business meeting things we're going to talk about. If you would like a Syrup Life t-shirt, uh, send us the email at SFP uh, radio at gmail.com, and we'll get that in the mail and send that out to you. Uh, $20 for the t-shirt. Uh, if you would like to actually sit in on a show, you can also email us at the same email, SFP Radio, and you could get your very own seat at the SFP Smoking Hot Seats, uh, brought to you by Bad Mother Smokers Barbecue. Um, so you can do that. And then we are also going to announce uh, this year we're going to do the Southern Fried Lints. And Mojo, you want to tell them a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, obviously, we're we're not Catholic. We're not. But um, Lent is something that's uh, been introduced. Mm-hmm. you know, in, into our lives, especially in my, my adult life. Uh, but for 40, 40 nights, we're going to be doing a probably a Facebook Live um, a cast, but also we'll be releasing uh, episodes via our podcast. But we'll be doing 40 nights, and we'd like to do men, uh, men only. We're trying to uh, hopefully raise a generation of, uh, of positive men, show us how to be better men, better hey, husbands, buddy. better fathers, better sons, better mm-hmm. employees, better employers, whatever that may be. But uh, just something that uh, God's been dealing with our hearts as, as far as trying to raise up a generation of men who uh, know how to be men properly. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. so check that out. We'll have more details about that. Yeah, and it'll be uh, about a 15-minute devotion we'll do every day. We'll put it on the uh, website, or you could follow us on um, however the means necessary yeah, that we're going to do. just imagine 40 nights of doing something 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. What, kind of, what kind of change that could impact in your life? Yeah, so. if only I did exercise for 15 minutes a day <laughs> for 40 days. Well, likewise, man. Likewise. Sure, man. All right, well, I'm going to ask you like I always ask you every week, Mojo, I be darn. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the south in the snow. Mm, you I, got now, a lot. I, I know the Yanks mm-hmm. make fun of us. Rightfully and, right, so. Rightful, rightfully so. Yep. At, good, at good points in time. But, oh, my gosh. I just. Mm. W- Y'all. Last last episode, I talked about all the school delays. Mm-hmm. Now we're like into cancellations. Now we're, it's snowpocalypse here yeah, in North Carolina. We, we had a half day tomorrow, Ooh. and they've recanceled it. So, <laughs> uh, besides that, also I've I've never understood the reasoning of the milk and bread rush, in, no. in, especially in the NX. south, especially NX. in the south, because the south 
the snow's gone away the next day. Mm-hmm. So or at least it's drivable. So dri- you exactly. Dri- right. And sometimes it's drivable that day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the forecast is 90% wrong. So, <laughs> right. but yeah, I mean, yesterday I went to just get some, you know, I, we, we shop, I shop daily at the grocery store cause I never know what I'm going to eat. And I hate <laughs> meal planning. Cause you know, oh. Friday nights, I may not want the hot dogs I planned for last God, week. I so. would love a hot dog right now. Um, but yeah, so I go to just to grab like a couple of things, walk mm. by the dairy section and there's people Mm-mm. fighting over milk. Are you serious? Bread aisles clean. Y'all. So it's, it's unbelievable. Can I ask this question? Like what, what's going to happen if legitimately we go under like if something really does happen oh it's gonna be mad max thunderdome <laughs> how long do you think it's gonna take for that I, I think people will be forging weapons in their in their sheds <laughs> and garages within 14 hours i think so too i mean you know ba- baseball bat yeah. yeah baseball bats with the barbed wire and, you got negan oh yeah, yeah. yeah there, there will be a negan that will rise <laughs> could have you know averted the whole milk and bread crisis i guess right jeez yeah it's it is the ins- the height of the sanity of the South is snow. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's just it, we we can handle like uh, the Russians coming to attack us. Yeah, we, we, we can that. handle uh, King Jong Un and all of his uh, his missiles. Yeah, but by God, if you give us snow, we're out. Oh, we we lose our ever we're done. Mind. We, we're, we're done. done. We we're don't done. know what this yeah. is, and but and, and it shouldn't be that way. I mean, if you think about all the great things you could do with snow, mm. I mean, you can you can make a snowman, mm-hmm. snow angels. Mm-hmm. Um, naked snow angels. Mm. Um, you can make uh, snow cream. Mm-hmm. I mean, those as long things as it's are... not yellow snow cream. Yeah, you know, you want to avoid that. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's great. You can track deer a whole lot easier. Oh yeah, in the snow. And also the te- pe- uh, peeping toms. Do you can track them? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was a problem, but okay, yeah. No, I, I'll give you that. Yeah, well, I do leave my windows open <laughs> though. So. But yeah, it's dude. It's it's. Mm. I pulled. Three people out of the out of ditches. Are you kidding? Yesterday, because I had to get out and go go to the gas station because uh. my kids were about to drive me nuts. <laughs> and uh, yeah, pull three people out. So you would rather pull people out of a ditch than deal with your own kids? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Because you know what? As soon as, as soon as they're out of the ditch, they're gone. Hey, you're right. You know what I'm saying? You're but right. no, my, both my girls they were sick with the flu this past sure. weekend. So no, I got you. Um, but yeah, we we kind of got a little too close for comfort after mm. you know those many hours together, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. I will say, being like I work from home, and mm. and so I'm home most of the time. But then, like when snow comes and I can't get out, then I start like I need to get out of the house. <laughs> get, the, <laughs> get itchy. I'll have. stay home for a week when I could go outside right. of the house, but the moment where I can, I'm like, oh god, I'm yeah, getting cabin fever. Yeah, it's I'm like, out. That choice has been <laughs> taken away from you. So right. yeah, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Uh, yeah. So for for me, uh, we had. Um, an in- an interesting week. My aunt and uncle came down from Kentucky. Okay, um, because we they were coming to go to the UK South Carolina basketball game. Right, and um, a shout out to Chad Baker and the UK Alumni Association. Um, if you're part of that group, you can actually get access to a suite, the suites in okay. Colonial Life. So they never had the the suite experience. So they came down, drove six hours to Charlotte, then two hours to Columbia. We uh, went to the game. And they lost to South Carolina. But the sweets were pretty sweet. But the sweets were fantastic. Yeah. yeah. No, it's totally worth it. Why, why do you think they lost? I uh, mean, I know South Carolina did pretty good last year. Are they that, are they that tough this year? Uh, well, we had uh, uh, two of our guys out. Okay. <clears throat> so that didn't help. Um, Quad A Green, one of our uh, point guards, wasn't playing. Uh, so that didn't help. We really needed them that game because um, our other point guard can't. 
like he, he handles the ball decently, but if you get him into traffic, he's like he freezes. And he doesn't know how to get through the turnover defense. king. Yeah, so um, we had sixteen turnovers, I think, that game. Right. So that that doesn't help. You can't win a game like that. We weren't shooting very well. Well, better luck next time. He, yeah. It's better lose now than in March. Speaking of, how about next year? Mm. Have you have you seen the news? No, did I? Uh, I haven't. The Robinson kid from South Carolina signed. No, yeah. I was just talking about um, the schedule. They're uh, they're opening uh, the season three days earlier than really? they have uh, prior years. And the first game for Kentucky is Duke. No way. Yes, sir. In at, Indianapolis. At, oh, Indianapolis. At Indianapolis. So wow. I'm we calling may, we, you. We may have to go ahead and go to that. That we should go to that game. All right. Yeah, can we can we buy tickets now? <laughs> we might we might look into that. Yeah, we need to. Uh, UK fan here, Duke fan there, and yep. this is the one time a year where we don't really get along. Well, I mean, we get along fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, uh, now, if they it, ever play each other, yeah, the championship it may be a little different. Even the final four it may be a little different. So yeah, we may have to skip that show. First first game of the year, I'm okay losing either <laughs> way, but I still think we're going to whip your tail. Took my daughter to the first Duke game Saturday. So tell me about that. Saturday, How so did that go? That was that was awesome. I yeah. think she was way overwhelmed because you know just the mystique that I've built for over mm-hmm. the, you know her whole life and the long yeah. time I've been a fan. So, but great, we won. Yes, this uh, is awesome. Awesome experience. You got to see how the the uh, uh, the rich Duke kids get to <laughs> uh, sleep out in Shashevskyville in the tents waiting for tickets. Wow. She couldn't mm-hmm. quite understand that, but once she walked into the stadium, she realized it was kind of yeah. small. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, we get to see Coach K because he had the flu virus, I guess. Too, oh, so. wow. but yeah, it was, it was a good experience. Uh, I did make the open invitation that if your daughter ever wants to go see a real coliseum they can go to rup and then i'll, I'll be glad to take her to a rup game anytime she wants to go <laughs> i actually wouldn't mind going to rup yeah I, I think i'd enjoy it <laughs> all right so um let's get into a little bit of wacky news all right so keeping on the um <laughs> the basketball theme well actually let me <clears throat> let me digress just a little bit how do you do when there is just an awkward moment like on television or in real life um I.e., do you remember like Mariah Carey like two years ago? And when she butched the uh, yeah. words to the Christmas song or whatever. <laughs> she yeah. totally like went down in flames of glory. Like, how do you react to that? I, I, I've, uh, my empathetic side comes out and I cringe <laughs> for them. Because, you, you know, I, part of me does. And then part, yeah. of, part of me, when it's a certain, you know, it could be certain celebrities that are kind of snarky and you're mm-hmm. like, ah, I guess, you know, yeah. they deserve it. But for the most part, I kind of cringe. Do you yeah. get a little like secondhand embarrassment? Is I that, do. Yeah, I guess it'd be a good, good, good way to describe it. I guess <laughs> um, there is a video out there uh, from uh, our friends at Kentucky Sports Radio, and I don't know if you've seen this or not, but this is one of those moments where you just you feel bad, but at the other the other part, you just really want to laugh. All right. Um, so there was a, a, a high school basketball game, and there was a referee, and uh, a, a kid stole the ball, and he was throwing it to one of his teammates. Well, his teammates didn't see it, and it flies over his head, and he hits the referee. Uh. But here's the awkward part. When it hits hit the referee in the head, it knocks off his toupee. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'll, I'll try to blow this up so you can see it, and, and I'll put this on the uh, our show notes. But uh, it, the, the kid throws the oh, ball, dude. and it hits the referee in the head, and he goes back and he picks up his uh, his toupee, uh, and he puts it back on. Um, and there's this poor kid. Everybody's wanting to laugh, and there's this poor kid that just taps him on the shoulder like, it's all right, buddy. Like, 
Mm. That would that would make me cringe. <laughs> that, that would make secondhand embarrassment. Hopefully, the guy. Uh, but what, what do you do with that, man? I mean, it falls out. It falls off. You know, I, mm. part of me says, you know, anyone who decides to wear a prosthetic hair device <laughs> has to kind of expect those could be those moments. You know, you're right. You're uh, right. So. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, not saying you're asking for it, but there's there's a potential mm-hmm. for those. No, Unfortunately, it was in, in 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 front of hundreds of people, but <laughs> and also on the YouTube's now. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, that's an embarrassing moment. I mean, obviously, hopefully, the kids stuff treated them with respect. Yeah, you know, oh and my then, gosh. didn't dog the guy. Cause, the uh, thing is, is it was it was again a sh- uh, small high school team in Kentucky, but it got picked up by ESPN. Fox Sports, Everyone. everybody's picking this thing up, and it's like their highlight reel where it just knocks off his toupee. So, uh, if that dude wasn't if that dude wasn't an ESPN watcher, he's definitely not one now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, a wacky news story? Yeah. Um, sp- speaking on the snow theme, mm-hmm. uh, there's a guy. A man fools cops with fake car made of snow. <laughs> Uh, this is in Canada, but a Canadian man who wanted to confuse snow removers with a car he made entirely of snow, uh, snow fooled the police instead. Uh, Simon LaPrice uh, created a life-size model of a DeLorean <laughs> made famous in Back to the Future movies uh, using a bunch of snow outside his Montreal home. Um, it looked pretty believable, at least one cop who drove by. Um, anyway, the cops took a picture of it, actually inspected the car, out, and th- then they actually wrote him a ticket. It was a fake ticket for the fake car, but uh, <laughs> next day the snowplowers uh, dismantled the car. Oh, wow. but yeah, that was kind of that was kind of funny. So. Well, it would have been even better if that DeLorean got up to eighty-eight miles an hour. <sighs> the snow DeLorean, yeah. <laughs> but I bet it would make some good snow cream. Oh yeah, there you go. Um, gosh, that yeah, that's, that's another thing we could add to the list of things that, <laughs> yes. that snow's great for. Yeah, that's right. Uh, going back to my theme on basketball, I don't know if you saw saw this or not, but um, the the L.A. Clippers. We're playing the Houston Rockets this week, and the, the game got a little chippy, and they were you know fighting and yelling at each other. <clears throat> well, a few of these Rockets, after the game, decide they're going to go into the Clippers locker room. Three, three of these guys, um, <laughs> they're going to go in the Clippers locker room. The Clippers, you would think, would say, you're not allowed in, we're not going to mm-hmm. let you in, blah, blah, blah. Their reaction, they called the LAPD. Oh wow! <laughs> they didn't play around. They did not play around. And what uh, what helped this story move along is Charles Barkley and Shaquille. Uh, after hearing this, um, do they lost it? They absolutely <laughs> lost it. So I've got the clip of them, um, courtesy of ESPN, on this one. So it's it's amazing. Very much. I, I, I. They're not laughing at you. Uh, no, they're laughing I, at the incident. The, the whole. <laughs> they don't believe <laughs> these <God>. guys. <laughs> I played in the NBA for 16 years, and I've been on, the, on TV for 18 years. It's the first time I ever heard police presence. <laughs> they got, wait, wait, they got a police presence? Are you kidding me? Uh, wait, come on, man. Numerous social media reports that, that LAPD was anymore. called. LAPD was called. <laughs> <laughs> These two man. Come on, man. Why they laughing? Come on, man. Because they, they, they would. They would relish. Come on, for a guy to come in the locker room after them. Hey, Chuck. No. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. 
I don't Hello, know what this is. I don't know why. <laughs> Hello, police. Chris Paul trying to beat me up. <laughs> this is, hey, this is Blake Griffin. Chris Paul trying to get in the locker room. Get down here and save me. Wait. Yeah. Hey. Oh, hey, just do that for Tony trying to get in the locker room. I, I certainly <laughs> doubt that it was Clipper <laughs> players who were requesting anybody. Somebody <laughs> had to call the police. <laughs> oh, they just keep going for like, Three or four more minutes where they, they just lose it. Obviously, there's an implied joke with uh, basketball and and the cops being called. We'll let you guys figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> in this heated climate, but yeah, that but, is hilarious. But what's great is they try to do a plug for something else, and Shaq is just keeps losing it. Like <laughs> they're trying to plug like this this racially sensitive shoe that's coming out. Right. Um, that, a racially like, sensitive. Well, shoe. a shoe that's like there to to help equality and promote togetherness or whatever. <laughs> And then Shaq is still just continuing to lose it. I, I, it was. You'll have to see. It. I'll have to check out the racially sensitive shoe. Yeah, that's, that may be the most stupidest <laughs> item. That's one thing you love about the free market. People come up with ideas. Oh uh, well, I mean, I got the I got the package here. So if you wanted to, let's take a look at Let's take a look at this shoe. All right, the oh, three month collection celebrating oh. <laughs> black heritage around the world by fueling community action, oh. equality to create equality. positive black change. Oh. Current, the current oh. collection takes inspiration from the Pan African flag and is available on February first. Get involved at Nike.com/equality. Portions of the proceeds of uh, the Black History Month and Equality products benefit mentor, peace players, and the ever higher. Did you still realize what you, they used to play with the Rockets, the guard? Uh, They're still going. I don't care about this. Nobody shoot. was trying to get Patrick. Nobody Beverly. was trying to get Patrick <laughs> Beverly. You know, Chris Paul wasn't trying to get to Patrick Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, there, there's your information wow. about the shoe. the equality shoe. Black History Month and equality shoes. And I, guess when you, I guess when you have slave labor putting out shoes, <laughs> I, guess, I guess you can afford to take a loss. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Equality, but we're paying our guys five cents an hour. <laughs> Some podunk mm. industry in Indonesia, but hey. Goodness. Equality. Ouch. Ouch. Um, all right. So, and then the other thing is, you've posted a few pictures on our uh, our Facebook page about these these Tide Pods yeah. and people not eating them. Can yeah. you can you explain? Well, a little evidently, bit of- you know, because because uh, <laughs> we're morons. Our kids, uh, and I speak of the the millennials, probably mm-hmm. especially the twenty five and down. Sure. Um, not not the millennials who are actually out there trying to produce, and but the ones who are still living in the basement mm-hmm. who. Um, probably have spent more time online playing uh, yeah, Call of Duty or whatever the new games are <laughs> that they have actually working a job. Right. Um, but they've created this challenge, and it's uh, kind of taken over <laughs> over the social media thing, and it's called the Tide Pod Challenge. Mm-hmm. Basically, you take a Tide Pod and mm-hmm. you try to eat it, and you <laughs> film yourself eating it. Now, several kids have actually died, supposedly. 30, 37 people have died from this. 37, really? 37. Wow. Can you believe that? I just can't believe that. Obviously, we don't teach our kids reading, because if you read the backside <laughs> of, the, of the stinking container, it says, yeah. do not consume. That's the reason why we have those stupid labels, is for stupid people for like this. Idiots like that. Well, yeah. And that they can't sue Tide for yeah, saying, yeah, you didn't but, tell us not to eat it. Yeah, just like, uh, you know, Eating there was just common it. sense things growing up, like, mm-hmm. you know, like your parents would say, don't put that fork in the in the electrical receptacle. Or sure. Whatever. 
or do not touch the hot stove or don't put your foot in a bear trap. Are we literally going to have to tell kids now everything <laughs> like don't drink the Drano or right. you know, don't put your wiener in the trash disposal <laughs> or something. I, I don't I mean literally what we're going to have to tell kids everything now. I mean, is that are we, are we becoming the helicopter parent society? I would absolutely love to read a wacky news story <laughs> where, where a man has put his junk in the garbage disposal. Oh, my gosh. Franken beans down the drain. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, I think we'll probably eventually be that that society. <laughs> yep, and here's be. the thing. is I, I didn't believe in Darwin until growing up, and I realized, like, we are not. We're Darwin-proofing the society right. by doing all this kind of right. stuff. Seatbelts? Uh, you should die. You know, like, <laughs> if you're dumb enough not to wear one, all right, you can go out. Yeah. Like, why do we got to protect the idiots? Let them just kind of die off. <laughs> They'll take care of themselves. Right, yeah. exactly. At some point. We have, we have way too many safety nets. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just we, let we, them go. Yeah, we try to leave no room for failure. <laughs> unless you're a small business owner and, you know, the, the kind of takes <laughs> right. something like that. But, but everybody else, you're good. We'll, we'll let the morons that, that really should... Let themselves go. And by um, the way, we're not we're not promoting genocide. We're just saying that mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're not leaving it off the table. Well, yeah, I'm it, just saying. Yeah, I'm not saying the Tide Pod thing. I, and if if you don't know what that is, you have to go look it up because it's. Uh, yeah, my daughter made me aware of it. So that's the only reason I really please knew tell of me it. to God she didn't try to. Do oh herself. no, she well, just said, "Hey, one, Dad, you got to." No, number one, I'm too cheap to buy Tide Pods. Oh yeah, those so, things are expensive. Yeah. We we do it the old fashioned way. You poor. think you think your parents, if you if you ate a Tide pen or Tide pod, do you think they would be more upset that you ate the Tide pod, or that you cost them like forty seven cents? Oh, my parents would have been pissed at the the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because number one, if I would have ate the Tide pod, they're like, "Well, you, you dummy, you shouldn't have done that." Right. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like, <laughs> it's kind of like a cause and reaction type thing. So, right. Yeah. Um. Mm. But yeah, they they would have been. <laughs> More pit. I mean, they're, they're the same parents that told me every time I opened the door, "Hey, you're you're air conditioning the outside, or yeah. you're heating the outside, or yes. things like that." So that they're obviously worried about the conservation of money. I'm just trying to stop global warming. <laughs> Come on now. Well, it was uh, back then. It was, it was global chilling. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Which I think it's now going back to global chilling. <sighs> Who knows? Yo. All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back. We're gonna have some uh, America, and we're gonna have our special guest Tori Almond. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. All right, we're back, and we're going to do a segment called This Is Your America. All right, so I don't know if you saw this or not. Um, <clears throat> courtesy of uh, CNBC, Apple announces plans to repeat, repatriate, I still can't even say it, repatriate billions of an overseas cash. It says it will contribute $350 billion to the U.S. economy over the next five years. They will create 20,000 new jobs, open a new campus, and expect to pay about $38 billion in taxes back to the U.S. We're all going to die. <laughs> Why are we all going to die? We're, in fact, we're still here. I'm just, just in case, <laughs> just in case uh, we mm. have live listeners out there. Oh, or okay. Whatever, but, all right. Yeah. The, um, obviously, this is uh, announced after the tax cuts, mm-hmm. correctly, because yep. of corporate tax. Yeah. Uh, we're... Was it now fifteen percent? I think for corporate corporations, I believe. I think so. And there's a um, a um, no penalty for bringing it back. Correct. In. So um, yeah, I, I don't. I'd like to see how people are going to spend this as bad news because, mm-hmm. um, well, number one, taxes. I mean, I have my various opinions on those, but I, you know, no, it'll help the economy. I mean, yeah, twenty thousand mm-hmm. new jobs, and these aren't like jobs that'll be like you know seven fifty an hour. 
Well, some of them could be like. I mean, yeah, know, but I'm sure a lot of them, a lot of them yeah. will be tech jobs, high end, you know, yeah. maybe call center jobs, uh, mm-hmm. tech help. Um, in fact, we're not too not too far away from us. There's a huge Apple Solar farm with a data center, hmm. so I think you'll start to see a lot more of that happen here yeah. stateside. So, yeah. wow, I like I said, I'd love to have, see how people are spending this. <laughs> well, I don't think it's getting a lot of press. Uh, oh, of course not. But one of the things I think that is funny is the uh, the CEO said, why are you doing this? <clears throat> His response, quote, we have a deep sense of responsibility to give back to our country and the people who made our success possible. You have a deep sense of responsibility after you're not penalized for bringing it on. I got you. Well, it's I probably a deep, deep sense of responsibility after the X-Phone uh, or iPhone X flop. <laughs> so I'm sure you have a deep sense of responsibility, but... Yeah, there. Uh, I'm sure there's some motivating reasons for that, but hey, that's that's some positive news. That I is mean, twenty thousand jobs. Just that, just that alone. It, you know, even if they kept the tax money, just twenty thousand jobs mm-hmm. is awesome. Yeah. In fact, just a new jobs report just happened today, and we're actually at the lowest jobs uh, reported um, since 1973. Wow. So, hey, buddy. I'm still waiting for us all to die. Maybe this is because everyone's died. They're not reporting in. <laughs> Maybe. So it could be it, too. Maybe. Net neutrality. Uh, speaking of people dying, uh, Trump uh, reveals his winners of the fake news award. So he, he actually made his own list of awards of people that had fake news or uh, fake news articles. So um, a couple of them on the list, um, the New York on number 10, the New York Times reported that the Trump administration had hidden a climate change study. Evidently, that didn't happen. Uh, Newsweek reporter uh, Newsweek report that Polish first lady did not shake hands with Trump. Uh So he said that that actually didn't happen. CNN retracted report claiming Anthony Scaramucci uh, Russian ties. Uh, CNN's video suggesting Trump overfed fish <laughs> during a visit <laughs> to funny. Japanese prime minister's yeah. house. Uh, so that was some fake news. Time reported that Trump removed a bust of Martin Luther King Jr. from the Oval Office. Um, number two was uh, ABC's Brian Ross bungled report on the former national security advisor, Michael Flynn. And number one, the New York Times' Paul Krugman claiming markets would never recover after the Trump presidency. Well, I guess that was a huge one. <clears throat> that was I mean, a, we, a major miss. We just hit 26,000 all-time highs. So. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, um, hey, hey, economy. Well, hey, number economy. one, I, uh, Trump's uh, Facebook page, uh, when they started promote this fake news awards, I mean, mm. they, they hyped it up like it was going to be something serious. <laughs> I mean, right. honestly. Yeah. And they pushed it off, pushed it off. I mean, I was expecting something huge, you know, or huge, huge. Yeah, but um, it didn't happen. I think this was. He, there's probably some other stories out there that he could have done that yeah. would have hit made a bigger impact. In fact, I would have been happier if he would have like uh, rickrolled everybody. <laughs> that would have been awesome. But uh, I think he's rickrolling the country. <laughs> <laughs> At times, I believe you. So, but um, no, I think the I think definitely the Russian the Russian scandals. I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, those you're not really hearing much about that. I mean, Mueller is still on the on the the hunt, but I don't think there's anything there. Yeah, and and I keep asking my wife, like, uh, even if so, even if Russia they like had communications, and even if Russia did provide or do some algorithms to try to make his his numbers more boisterous than they were, even if that was the case, people still voted, and yeah. they didn't change the votes. I mean, if they did, then that's a whole other story. 
but they haven't changed the votes. So people actually still voted for that, irregardless. Right. So I don't know why we're making it such a big deal out of that. Well, people don't real. I don't think a lot of people realize that even these electronic voting machines are not plugged into the internet. <laughs> so I mean, you know, yeah, they're not. That's true. Yeah. So I don't know how hackers. It had to be a mass, mass coordinated effort. You know, probably bigger than JFK, bigger than right. the moon landing. I mean, these conspiracies yeah. that you know that seem to have legs. So. Um, yeah, I don't know how Russians would have colluded. In fact, we found out later that actually the Clinton Foundation has taken a, quite a bit of money <laughs> from <laughs> Russia. In fact, there's uh, first indictments been held handed down uh, as of this week uh, mm. to Uranium One, that whole Uranium One scandal. So I was gonna, I was thinking you were gonna say Uranus. That could be it too. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I, uh, this whole Russian scandal thing is just. Uh, well, can I also say this too? Even before before. The election, we were actually looking at going to war with Russia. Like, yeah. th- you know, there's a big thing about we yeah, were going to go to that, war. That's kind of calmed down. And now we're just kind of yeah. like, we're just chilling with them. Yeah, I, I think I'd rather have it this way. Yeah. And I, unfortunately, I mean, to kind of go in line with what you're you know, saying about this Russian thing, these are the kind of conspiracies that gain legs from people that are desperate. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. there was a news, uh, there was another conspiracy that was plugged today through Newsweek, same sources of these these. Um, a lot of these actually fake news. Uh, Newsweek came up with an article today um, talking about how Clinton still could have the road to the presidency. Okay, <laughs> I don't think she's going to be we're, Oprah. Where year one? No, this is currently. Wait like, now? Yeah, like now she still can have a chance Wait, to, to get to sit in the presidency. So this is <laughs> this is like some House of Cards conspiracy. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like huge, and to the point where okay, Trump will have to resign. Pence takes over. Pence resigns. <laughs> Therefore, the third in, in secession would be Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House. Right. Paul Ryan gets the presidency, announces Hillary Clinton as his vice president, and then Paul Ryan resigns. Therefore, Hillary Clinton. What? That's These the are most how, insane this thing is how desperate. This is how desperate, and <laughs> not desperate, but this is how how idiocracy works. Yeah. It, it, it feeds off of, oh my uh, gosh. of information like this. And these are supposedly our trusted news sources. Mm. I mean, but be honest with you, I think they're becoming more like a smut rag. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. smut rag for ugly people. Can so, I ask, where did journalism go? On both sides of the fence. Yeah. On Fox News and CNN. Like, where has journalism gone? Well, that's the reason why you have, you're having uh, social media, podcasts, things like that, or mm-hmm. have, have yeah. taken such a such a huge thing. I mean, you know, the news is like um, the gold market, which mm-hmm. sees incremental, you know, spikes. And then podcasting, social media, things like that, is like the cryptocurrency, where <laughs> right. it, it, one day it's 1,000, next day it's 10, or, right. and then the next day it's 9. I mean, so <laughs> you, you see these broad jumps, and the growth is astronomical. So I think that's where the news is heading. So the Southern Fried Philosophy podcast is your Bitcoin of news. Got yes. <clears throat> we're, but we're, maybe one of the, we're one of the lesser on the coins. <clears throat> so. We're the ripple. Or the biscuit coin. <laughs> we did talk about creating our own biscuit right. coin. That would be fantastic. Um, speaking about fake news, what are your thoughts on the Trump uh, physical? Yeah, um, so <clears throat> obviously uh, it was yesterday mm-hmm. when we were listening to this podcast. Um, Trump had, uh, number one, kind of rolled back a little bit. Uh, over the last two weeks, kind of the, the news has gone away from the Russian conspiracy <laughs> to Trump's mentally, uh, mentally unfit. Yeah. He's um, also probably unhealthy. <clears throat> So today was the annual physical for the president. <laughs> so um, he goes over to the, well, the Bethesda Naval Center, uh-huh. which does all the uh, medical exams for all presidents. Mm-hmm. And the the guy came out and says he gave him a, a clear bill of health. Yeah. And, How about uh, it? 
Of course, uh, Sanjay Gupta, who's a I think CNN contributing doctor from Houston, uh, came out and said that basically is a lie that uh, he had cardiac disease. Mm-hmm. Which, but actually, if you look at the the staples for his age and mm-hmm. um, benchmarks for his age, benchmarks for his weight, things like that, he's actually not. Yeah. Um, but they they also claim there's a conspiracy there because uh, Trump went from six two to six three. Well, the fact though. He, they're listing him at two thirty nine, though. I mean, let's be real. I don't. I don't think he's two thirty. I I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree. With I was you. listening to uh, Seinfeld's uh, comedian in the cars with for coffee. Yeah, he, something like that. Comedians getting comedians in car getting coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, he was talking to John Oliver about it. <laughs> he said, or just about Trump in general. And he said he he would make a better a stress ball than he would a president <laughs> because you just kind of want to grab him. him and squeeze him because he's plushy. He's, you know, he's definitely not the uh, most politically correct guy out there, but yeah. he is what he is. But like I said, last, last episode, there's, you know, you got to divorce yourself from the man and yep. the policies. No, I agree. Because the action is where it's at, not the, yep. not the, uh, the vibrato. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that, um, Hey, if you just look at the the economy, I think we're doing pretty well. No, so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll have uh, Tori Almond, our special guest for this evening. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Uh, welcome back to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Um, on the phone today, we actually have our buddy from uh, over in Europe. <laughs> I can't quite peg down his location because I can't pronounce the towns, but he's a friend of mine, uh, Tori Almond. <laughs> Uh, he is a missionary and also has his own business over there, but he is from my, near my hometown, Greenville, South Carolina. And I met him through, uh, when I had my restaurants and him and his mom and, uh, used to come to our restaurant all the time. So we just became buddies and found out he's a missionary over, over in Europe. So welcome to the show, Tori. Hey guys. Thanks for having me on. One of the things I would like to say too, he's a pretty regular listener to the the podcast. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he's got a shirt. So again, one of the few people in Europe with a shirt, or the only person in Europe with a shirt. Yeah, how about that? How about yes. We just need to give <laughs> you some... That's pretty st- exciting. Well, I'm glad to help bring you guys uh, Dutch listenership up a little bit. <laughs> well, we need it. Actually, actually, we have quite a few now. I, yeah. I, I just noticed on our stats, yeah. So, the Scandin- really? Yeah, the oh, Scand- uh, Scandinavian hey, countries. Hard on it. Yeah, you keep doing that. <laughs> we just need you to start uh, taking some of our stickers and just placing them everywhere. That way people will check us out, so... I've I've got a few. I've been trying to find those key locations to just be like, and right here. I I, I usually find cop cars work pretty well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Tori, uh, so tell, give us a little brief uh, bi- uh, biography of yourself, um, how you got started, and things like that. Okay, cool. Um, well, yeah, I started working with youth uh, back when I was actually a young person myself. Um, just really have had a passion for working with young people. I wanted to be a teacher until, um, yeah, teachers kind of stopped with that whole teaching bit. Um, you know, I think it got to the point where once every teacher I knew was like, I'm counting down the days to retirement. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, uh, I was like, okay, Lord, what do I do now? What, what, what do you got for me? What do you got planned? And uh, one of these days, I'm going to learn not to ask the Lord that because <laughs> good move. you just never know what he's going to answer you. <laughs> um, yeah. So a friend of mine actually suggested working and doing like youth ministry stuff. And I was just like, oh, a youth pastor. Hmm, I could do that. You play games and eat pizza for the rest of your life, right? <laughs> right. Sure you do. So, uh, yeah. So I was like, all right, well, let's check this out. And uh, I got my... Um, 
my bachelor's in youth and family ministry from good old North Greenville University. And uh, yeah, just kept going, okay, now what, Lord, now what? And I'd done a couple mission trips abroad. And um, this is 2010, I did Europe with a friend of mine. She was trying to do video missions for her mission board, just explaining the need for missionaries in Europe, because um, everyone's like, oh, it's Europe. Everybody's good over there. They don't need people. Um, <laughs> but we found, you know, there's there's a lot of churches here, but they're all museums. Mm. And um, the young people really started asking a lot of questions while we were interviewing them. And like, you know, there's so much more to life. And it got me thinking, I'm like, huh, Europe, you know, this could be a lot easier than some uh, hut down in Africa or something. So uh, just started <laughs> praying about, you know, Lord, what he got me to do. And um, he kept pointing me back to Amsterdam. So I was like, okay, let's uh, try this out. And a friend of mine moved back from the Netherlands and said, hey, I think I can uh, get you connected with a church here. And um, I actually got my Master of Divinity over here uh, a couple years ago. And yeah, so came over, started working with the international church, fell in love with these expat kids, um, all the international multicultural kids. And said, Lord, how do you want me to continue doing that? And uh, the Dutch have a great thing called the Dutch-American Friendship Treaty, where you can start a business, get a visa. So I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. And so that's what I'm I'm kind of doing, the bivocational missions. Nice. Very cool. Just yeah. to, just to, I, I tried I, to keep that short. That's right. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Because there's like so much that like all this other behind the stuff scenes, but it's like, all right, how can I squeeze this into less than two hours? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just actually uh, interesting fact. Um, Norway considered one of the most Christian nations on, on earth uh, actually has a participation rate of less than 3% of mm. active Christians. So um, wow. just to kind of reinforce your, uh, your, your previous comment, uh, just the need for the mission field there. And also, when we went to Ireland, I think I mentioned this in, a, in, a, in the episode when I got back from Ireland, that uh, the Catholic churches there have literally nobody in there. Everybody's Catholics on uh, Christmas and Easter, um, but the churches, right. churches there are kept up, their maintenance stuff, mainly by tourists. So, wow. Yep, yep. Well, I would say here in Amsterdam, the it depends on who you ask, anywhere between half a percent to 1.5 percent are evangelical Christians. Wow. So the, if the majority would be Catholic, I guess, still, or Anglican, or what, what, how does that break down? Um, well, the way it breaks down, about 50% of the country is considered, uh, what is it, agnostic. And okay. then 26% is atheist, and then the other 24% is religious of some sort. Uh, I think our biggest ones are Hinduism, Buddhism. Um, Islam's actually up on the rise right now. And then I would say probably Catholics and Jews. Okay. Wow. And forgive my ignorance with Amsterdam. Like when I hear that in my head, I think it's just a crazy town. <laughs> like, like that's where prostitution's <laughs> legal. Yeah. Like red light districts. Yeah. yeah. Just, just crazy dirty. Is that the case or is that really not true? Uh, you know, it depends on what part of town you're in. Uh, that's one of the things that the the tourism board is really trying to clean up Amsterdam's image and really try to get people to realize it is a beautiful city. It's old. It's full of history. We've got so many museums. I think it's like one of the highest pop, like densely populated museums in Europe. Uh, it's yeah. So it is a beautiful city. But, you know, you go to some of those tourist areas and there's a bunch of guys smoking it up and 
Um, I will say the red light districts actually shrunk quite a bit since I've lived here over the past uh, six years. So they keep trying to pull it in and not make it quite so obvious. Um, Actually, they're they're really trying to clean up the image a little bit. Watched a documentary on the red light district, and um, actually the uh, working gals there actually they pay into the state system and actually Mm -hmm. receive welfare or you know like a a stipend when they retire. So it's it's interesting. Yep dichotomy of how the the values of the of, of that area versus how we are here in, in i guess western you know half the hemisphere so what's some yeah. of the biggest struggles that you find um in your country that presenting the gospel and, and really kind of making that stick for for kids uh you know well i would say just kind of the whole mindset of people um it's really hard to get into conversations uh, people, well, I, you know, I take that back because sometimes it is actually fairly easy to get into conversations. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to describe that. So because everybody's kind of agnostic, uh, they're very open to different things. So it is actually kind of easy for people to kind of go, well, why do you go to church? What do you do? And as long as you're not pushing your beliefs on them, they're pretty open to hearing what you have to believe. Um, but then you know, because it's everybody believes what they want to believe, it does make it very difficult um, connecting with some of the kids and sharing because mm-hmm. you don't want to push too hard, you know, where mm-hmm. they just all of a sudden throw up a wall. Um, but then especially like the expat kids I work with, we see a lot of them struggling with depression, loneliness, finding a way to to fit in and find that community because, I mean, I love the Dutch people, but they're not the most welcoming people. <laughs> it's really hard to to really connect and make friends in that area. So um, we see a lot of these kids moving in and just finding trouble, you know, connecting with people and feeling that loneliness. Well, so I that's guess a the, lot of the struggles we see these kids coming, coming up with. Well, I guess they're so angry because all the Dutch people have to wear those wooden shoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and the weather here too, it's complete rubbish. It's awful. <laughs> what is the weather like? Though? When it's, uh, well, you know, Seattle. I will say, yeah, it's very much like Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was actually home visiting for Christmas and my phone went off and alerted me. It's like tomorrow will be 15 degrees colder than the day before. And that's in Celsius. So I don't know how big of a swing <laughs> it was. Um, and I'm like 15 colder. It's like, we just don't get that here where, you know, I think this entire week we're like five Celsius as our as are high wow. and then like the the warmest it'll be is like eight yeah. and then at night yeah. it goes from like three to six or something you know so it's very mild wow. and then the summers the summers are a crapshoot i mean <laughs> you could actually place pools and bets on the the weather here uh, we might end up with a warm summer we might end up with a cold summer you just you never know sure i understand what are some of the ways that you've seen god really kind of do some really cool stuff or what are the, what's some of the strongest um times where you've seen God really just pour out on those kids or in your ministry? Um, you know, it's just, it's been really neat to see because, you know, having been here over six years to see some of these kids actually grow in their faith and mm-hmm. being able to pour into their lives. Um, it's been neat to see some of these kids actually like start joining, uh, what is it? Youth with a mission. Um, some of them are wanting to go into the mission field. Some of them are, you know, just really growing in their faith. Um, so it's been exciting to see like stuff like that happen. Uh, it takes time. I mean, it's working with youth. You just, 
you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you talk it's a, like the slowest growing thing in the world is uh, a teenager's spirituality. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to think. I mean, well, we had a really cool story the other, like right before Christmas, we had our Christmas party. And, you know, a lot of the kids are thinking they're they're really interested about spiritual things. I will say this younger generation is really interesting with that whole idea because um, it just opens up so many opportunities. And so this little kid, he sees these these other teens talking about what's going on and they're going to come to our Christmas party. And he's like, what is this thing you guys do? Hmm. And so they tell him about it and his parents call and they're like, OK, what is this stuff? Um, so then one of the parents tells them, Hey, we get a group of kids together. We do some socials, we play games. Uh, there is, you know, some God time in there where we share a little bit from the Bible and the parents were like, okay, cool. Why not? He really wants to go. And so he's like really getting into this and really all excited. And, um, well, like we're talking about the whole, like, what is the purpose of Christmas? And the purpose of Christmas is like, you know, it's, uh, you know, God's gift of sending Jesus for us. And he's like, he, he's in dead seriousness, just stops. And he's like, man, that's a damn good gift. <laughs> just like, yes. And this little kid's like starting to get it. And we're just yeah. like, yes, uh, we just love his enthusiasm for it. And when his parents came to pick him up, well, his dad picked him up. He looks at his dad and he's like, dad, I know you and mom don't believe in God, but I'm really like, I believe that God exists and I want to know more about him. And like, wow. ooh, us leaders are just standing there like, um, uh, awkward. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, That's he's awesome. been coming to church. And so, you know, we've been, you know, it's stuff like that where we see some of these kids that just, they, they start getting it and you're like, wow, this is awesome. And, um, you know, getting emails from parents where it's just like, you know, these kids are looking for something. They're looking for a place to belong and connect and yeah. being able to provide that and share the love of God with them is just it's so rewarding. Has any has anyone ever traced back the agnostic roots of uh, of these countries, you know, especially in Scandinavian countries? And um, off the top, I'm a World War II history buff. I mean, do you think Nazism and the the move towards science and uh, being an agnostic would be more more in line with that, or atheism? I mean, is that because it's there has to be a downward trend somewhere? I mean, I don't think it's probably been that way since the foundation of, of, of Amsterdam or any of the countries around it. So what's your perception, you think? Yeah, you know, it is really interesting because, I mean, you, I mean, I actually live in the theologian sector of our town, Amstelfein. And, I mean, I'm surrounded by streets that are named after Johannes Galvin, uh, Martin Luther, uh, Zwingli, like all these theologians. Uh-huh. And people have no idea what the names are. Uh, there's statues everywhere for all these old guys that came out of this area. So it's, it's not been that long ago. It is kind of, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer that'd be, but it would be an interesting study to see when all of a sudden they just kind of stepped away from all that. Sure. It's, you could have like a lot of interesting palm type moments where you can say, oh, you don't know what the statue is. Let me kind of tell you the history <laughs> about it and then uh, present the gospel right, right away. Well, and that's the nice thing about the holidays here. I actually, the holidays open up a huge opportunity to sure. do that because they celebrate every part of Jesus's life, but have no idea what it means. Yeah. So like, um, we've got the birth, uh, 
I'm trying to think. Well, there's actually the Three Kings Day. Some the more of the southern parts of the country celebrate that, but then it even goes up to like you know Good Friday. People are like, well, what's Good Friday? Mm. And so you know we're able to share about Good Friday and then Easter. What's the point of Easter? And then they even do Ascension and Pentecost. Huh. So you know it's like, what is Hamelfart's Day? You know, <laughs> you're like, I want to know what that is. Oh, let me Hamel tell you about Ascension Day and <laughs> and. Pentecost. Um, yeah, yeah, I do love the name for Ascension Day, Hamel Farts. Yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> Sounds like a great holiday. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but it is kind of interesting. It's like, do you guys know what this is? And, you know, people are just like, I have no clue. So it's like, let me tell you. Yeah. This is this is what it's about. Yeah, here in the U.S., we, we love the birth, but when Jesus starts talking, that's when we kind of stop, stop listening. <laughs> I, think, I think it's globally. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, and you, it's great to actually have a day off for the Ascension. You're like, woohoo, day off. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> if you could do that again, just in reverse, that'd be great. Um, it, so right? t- tell us a little bit about the ministry that you do, like the the, the organization itself. All right. Um, well, so Children's Ministry Connect, CM Connect, um, they're all about trying to just empower uh, children's and youth workers to do what God's, you know, the call that God's given them to do. Um, so I'm one of their partners in Europe where, um, yeah, they've just kind of said, hey, you go do what God's called you to do and how can we help you? Um, it's a great organization. They do a lot of training. They do, they've got a conference coming up in the end of April, beginning of May. Um, so it's it's a real small organization, but it's just a great one that really just tries to help um, serve under-resourced you know, children's workers people, churches, stuff like that. Um, so I'm over here, like I said, doing the whole bivocational thing. And um, I've partnered with the international church here to say, hey, how can I help you guys love on these international kids that we have? Um, so we've got, you know, obviously the Sunday school stuff that we do on on Sundays. Um, we've started an English group for the tweens just a couple years ago. Um, so it's been really neat to be a part of seeing the need for that and helping kind of push that forward. Uh, trying to think, and then we also do our social event. It's kind of like Young Life because um, mm-hmm. I was actually right. going to come over here with Young Life, and they kind of, yeah, they decided to put a hold on Amsterdam. So um, we're kind of doing the same thing where we just do an event, and it's fun, it's energetic, build relationships with these kids, and share, you know, a small bit of the gospel with them each time we get together. Cool. Um, which is great because, like yeah. I said, these international kids are looking for community. So it's it's something that they're naturally looking for. And we're able to go, hey, here we are. And nice. you know, we've got kids that are non-religious, unchurched, that are just going, hey, we need friends. We need people <laughs> who understand yeah. us. I think uh, I think so, for any any new believer or actually current believer, I mean, I, I know community has been effective yeah. in my life. Yeah. So just that accountability system, but also you just feel like you have that broader family. So. I know, yeah. I know that's huge. Um, question I have for you, you know, the news here, here we see in America, I'm sure you see it when you over here too, the, uh, the, the mass migration of, I guess they're calling it economic refugees now is what they've been recoined. Uh, has that, how has that impacted um, where you're at? It hasn't impacted where I'm at a whole lot uh, just because the Dutch government has actually kind of put a huge – well, not huge. They've just kind of basically said, hey, we're Dutch. This is how we run things. If you like it, welcome. If you don't like it, go to another country. <laughs> That's awesome. Is essentially what our prime minister has told them. Um, 
because when they first brought him in, they were having people from different uh, countries mingling together that weren't getting along. And so it was causing fights. And um, obviously they don't agree on a lot of beliefs that some of the other areas have. So it was just like, you know, it, it was causing a lot of trouble. And the government's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We here in the Netherlands, we all survive. We work together. We respect each other. So, you know, there's a the door. Have a nice day. Well, kudos. kudos. Um, nice. Good yeah. job. Yeah. So, but then, you know, it's, so we've, we've not seen a huge influx with it. Um, but I've got friends that are working in Berlin where there's a huge influx and that's definitely, um, yeah, it's a huge part of their ministry over in Berlin. Wow. But Germany's taken in like half of Africa, I think. Yeah. I think they've taken over 15 million or something, 5 million, 15 million. It's like, it's a huge number, number of, and they pledged to do more too. It's a so, lot. Yeah. That, that, it's a lot. That changes the scope of like not 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 the color of the of the nation, but that changes the scope of the values. Yeah, um, You know the cultural identity, cultural yeah. nation stat. I mean, just it changes so much. So yeah, yeah, it really does. Well, and that's where um, you know the Dutch are welcoming, but it is one of those things where they're like, "Welcome to the Netherlands, but you need to be like us." Um, sure. Otherwise, we're going to be pushing against you and not really welcome you into our community. So we've seen that with, you know, different religions that have come in and been like, well, this is what we believe and just push hardcore that everyone else should believe that way. Mm -hmm. And they get a large backlash from the community. The Heaven's um, Gate like, Society. Well, <laughs> you know, there's pigs that have been strewn across farmlands that are, have meant to been for like refugees and stuff like that. And um, wow. that people have known coming from. Uh, Islamic countries, and they're just like, nope. Wow. So it's 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 been quite interesting. Sure, I'm sure it is. Tori, if somebody wanted to give specifically to you and your ministry there, how would they do that? Oh, um, yeah, they can go to the CM Connect website. It's uh, cmconnect.org. Actually, I think there's a short link for me. Let me uh, just check and see if that works. <laughs> nice thing about being on the internet. Yeah. But yeah, you can go to cmconnect.org and scroll down. And you can find like where their ministries are and click on – I think I'm the only one in the Netherlands right now. There's somebody else in Europe, but it's not me. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll put a Probably link out. Just shoot me an email. Yeah, I can send you a link. Okay. Yeah, we'll put a link out, out there work. for our sponsors page. So you can uh, – if you want to contribute to Tori, you're, uh, just click on our sponsors link or, or show notes and you can go out there. Absolutely. That'd be awesome. Because, yeah, it's one of those things like people, you know, they don't see Europe as being a huge place for, you know, the need for missionaries. And yeah. so those of us that are here, it is very difficult for um, to raise the funds to continue doing what we're doing. And Europe's expensive. I sure. mean, it's 40. It's 46 percent more expensive to live in my little town here than it is in Greenville, South Carolina. Wow. So Holy it's cow. when that 24,000 comes in and you get done with the good old government wanting a ton of money out of it and. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then you do the exchange rate and everything. It's like, oh, there's sixteen thousand. All right, I gotta live. <laughs> Understand? I might be in a tent. Uh, where where'd you say that that com the community is? I might be out there with a tent. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look that up for you. So anyway, Tori, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna wrap this up. We appreciate you uh, coming on the show. And next time you're stateside, Ooh. me and Biggin love to no doubt. treat you to a steak dinner. Or or a vegan sandwich. I'm not even sure what you're on, <laughs> diet you're on right now, but oh uh, man, I love me some meat. Absolutely, <laughs> Attaboy. boy. I'm all about some meat. 
So, yeah. Well, and I want to thank you guys for uh, making me crave biscuits every time I listen (laughs) to your show. I've got some buttermilk in the fridge. I've got to try to work on a recipe that uh, you guys gave me. And yeah, it's it's nice to get a little taste of home. Well, not taste, but a little sense of it. You got to make you some some sausage gravy with it, though, too. There you go. That's what you got to do. Get those pigs. Make some sausage biscuits. Oh, that's the thing. Like finding proper sausage here, like I gotta like go over to Germany. They just don't do it here. Yeah. So sad. Amazon Prime. So sad. <laughs> Amazon Prime uses sausage. Cool. Well, thanks, Tori. I appreciate you being on the show. Hey, thank you, you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. Thank all you. Right. You too. All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks, Tori, for being on the show. We appreciate it. Please go to Facebook at SouthernFryPhilosophy.com. Or, I'm sorry, you can please go to Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can also go to the website at SouthernFryPhilosophy.com. Go to Twitters and, uh, Twitters and Instagram at SFP Radio. And also check out our YouTube at uh, YouTube slash SFP. Man, there I had a go. brain aneurysm there for a second. <laughs> we'll have Tori on uh, maybe another time. It would yeah. be great to yeah. know more about the story. All right, so um, as always, keep it rolling.